I guess we should do this thing, huh? Fuck yeah, let's do this. All right. Tip with Lou and Chris. My name is Lou. My name is Chris. <laughs> What's that? What's that voice? I'm imagining I have a mustache as long oh, as yours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, Welcome you did sound, back. My name is sound, Chris. You sound like you're talking around a campfire. <laughs> Let me tell that's, you, that's exactly what I was going for. Yeah, it's it's perfect. Do you ever see those uh, Pace Picante commercials back in the day with the fucking cowboys? Yes. Like, New York City. There was this... Uh, Tammy, at one point, she referenced the commercial, and she said, get the rope. You know how at the end of the commercial they'd say, get a rope, right? Because they're going to yeah. hang the fucking cook who was going to use the Picante sauce from New York City. <laughs> but she said, get the rope. And I was like, the rope? I'm like, it's definitely get a rope. And she's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, get the rope doesn't even roll off the tongue. Like, <laughs> They don't need a specific rope. They just need a rope. That sounds a and little it, ominous. Yeah, it's like, it's it's way, it's different. I don't know why, but a uh versus the is different. And it made me laugh that in her mind, she just, she, she heard what she heard. We had to like look it up. You had to like find a YouTube video of the commercial <laughs> so I could show her it's definitely a rope. And that was like, you know, a good solid 20 minutes of our lives. <laughs> anyway, so we're here to talk about uh, my 10th job. And uh, that this job is kind was... of a milestone. Is it? <laughs> 10 jobs? <laughs> For this <laughs> podcast. It? Yeah, I suppose. 10th, 10th job, 10th episode. We're, we're here. We did it. Um, it's, it's more than twice as many episodes as our previous podcasts lasted. So nailed that. Count it. Yeah, let's keep it going. Um, yeah, Fresh Fields Market was my tenth job, which I don't know if it's a if it's a regional kind of thing, but it's it's like a grocery store higher end than a, like a chain, normal chain, not as high end as a Whole Foods, maybe a step below a Whole Foods, maybe yeah. a little more Whole Foods than Trader Joe's, but it's in that in that vicinity. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like listening to the this comparison like not quite a Walgreens but better than a CVS. <laughs> well, for those of you who might never have heard of one and I'm honestly not sure. I know there was more than one of them um in Illinois where you know, I remember going to more than one of them, but I don't know if I've ever seen one anywhere else. So And where was it? It was Geography of the podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like Rand Road close to Dundee. There's like a bunch of little strip malls in that area. It was in okay. one of those strip malls. It was actually right across the street from Ken's World Video, which we talked about on the last episode. No, two episodes ago. That was yeah. two episodes ago. Um, and it was walking distance from my apartment, which is the main reason why I got this job. Now, last episode we talked about uh, Town and Country theaters and me quitting there and then we talked a little bit about me deciding that I was going to move to California with my girlfriend at the time and and kind of gave up on the idea of starting a band with 
you know, Aaron, who we talked about the horrible drummer experience. Um, so yeah, this was, this job essentially was me trying to save money before we moved to California so that I wouldn't be living off of my girlfriend's money, which I'm gonna be honest with you, I probably did anyway to a degree, <laughs> but yeah, it was like, okay, I need to make money quick. I don't have really anything. And I wanted to at least have something in my pocket, you know, trying to pay my portion of first month's rent and then have some money left over for food enough to get me to the next job, which I'm going to be honest with you this, this is when my level of stress in my life starts to get amped up quite a bit because up until this point, even though I'm supporting myself and I mean, I'm living pretty cheaply, I'm paying maybe 300 bucks a month on rent paying for my own food and my entertainment, but I don't have any kind of real bills beyond that. Uh, so I kind of make enough to cover my side of things. I didn't have a car, so I wasn't paying for gas, getting rides or walking to work, shit like that. Did we do the occupational breakdown? We did not. Okay. Before we get any further into this whole thing, let's go ahead and do our uh, occupational breakdown. Occupational breakdown. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Freshfields, my 10th job. Uh, my position held there, produce clerk. This will not be the last time I'm a produce clerk. <laughs> Although I should have learned my lesson, it will not be the last time. So in future episodes, I will be a produce clerk <laughs> again. Uh, and I made $8 an hour, which was probably a $3 upgrade from what I was making at Town & Country. Uh, so that's nice. And it's more than I was making it fucking that warehouse job I had with power breakfast, which actually kind of surprises me that it was that they were paying me that much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those, it was one of those companies that, you know, paid its employees a little more fairly and it was a little more upscale, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I, I worked there for about a month, I would say. So I, I essentially, you know, I noticed over the course of these episodes, I use the word essentially a lot in these episodes. I don't say it that much in my day-to-day life. <laughs> you also say, but I digress. <laughs> I love, I, that I say in my personal life. Yeah. I love digressing. <laughs> I fucking digress constantly. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I don't know why I'm using essentially so often in these episodes. It's like mental glue and I need to knock it the fuck off. Mm. So, yeah, I, uh, I knew I was moving. I needed a job. I knew this job was going to be a short one. I had no intention of, you know, working there for an extended period of time. And I basically just took the first job I got and was like, okay, I'm just going to work until I make enough money or I'm going to work until we're le- until we leave, yeah. you know? So yeah, that was the occupational breakdown. Occupational breakdown. <laughs> I left that all alone, dude. (laughs) I appreciate that. Listen, whether or not that's how I actually sing or I'm trying to be funny, no one will ever know for sure. We might know (laughs) if you release an album. Yeah, when I finally fucking put my album out, you guys will be like, oh, that is how he sounds when he sings. But I'm not going to tell you right now, one way or the other. You're just going to have to wait and see. Mm -hmm. Buy my fucking CD. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, we were doing the occupational breakdown. So, (laughs) this is going off the rails real quick, man. So, yeah, I, uh, 
I quit TNC. I got this job. I knew we were moving to California very quickly. Uh, it was walking distance. So here's here's the thing about this fucking job. And again, I'm not a morning person. My shift was 4 a.m. to 11 a.m. Whoa. So I had to wake up at like 3.30 at the latest. 3.30 if I wasn't going to take a shower, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm not a good, like, go to bed early so I can get some sleep. I would go to bed at, like, midnight. Well, you <laughs> also had trouble sleep. sleeping, too. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why. Even if I went to bed at 9, I would lay in bed until midnight, stare at the ceiling. So, yeah, it was brutal. It was torturous for me. I spent most of the time I worked there like a zombie. Um, and my job was mainly just pushing vegetables out onto the floor, doing a lot of cleaning, I remember, I don't have a lot of memories from that job. You know, I was only there for a month and I slept through half of it. You know, I was basically sleepwalking. But I have a memory of having to, the the garbage chute was about, I don't know why, but it was about like at neck height. It's probably like five and a half feet off the ground. I don't know why. That seems sort of ridiculous to me. But I have this memory of like pushing a box of rotten fruit into that fucking shoot and because it was up high like that the bottom dropped out of it and it spilled rotten fruit and juice all over me <laughs> yeah and it's like you know 4 15 in the morning and i'm just like the fuck am i doing here <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait to get out of this fucking state um yeah you know what's funny is whenever i was getting ready to leave illinois there was just one thing after another that was like, oh, I can't wait to get out of this place. And it was never, and it's not always specific to Illinois. For instance, rotten fruit spilling on me is not something that only happens in Illinois. But yeah, like the minute I knew I was leaving, everything fucking annoyed me about about that place. That doesn't so, surprise um, me, though. No, it's it's actually pretty, pretty predictable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have that memory. And the only other memory I have other than that was my manager, who was probably like in his fucking mid-twenties. He's a real tall kind of... You know what he looked like? Do you ever listen to the band Real Big Fish? Not really. It was a, like a ska pop punk yeah. band from the 90s. Probably still around, honestly. One of the members in that band, I don't know if he was like the trombone player or what he was, but one of them was like a big tall guy that had like mutton chop sideburns. Yeah. Yeah. That's what this guy looked like. At the time, I was like, this guy looks like the fucking guy from Real Big Fish. <laughs> and oddly, I saw that guy from Real Big Fish, Fish at a job I had a couple of years from now. But, you know, that, that's not part of this story. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah, he, he looked like that. And I remember, so, have we ever talked about me being straight edge on the show? Not much, if we any. Have. So... I was straight edge from the time I was 16 until I don't, there was not an official end date because I am still mostly straight edge. I mean, depending on how you define straight edge, but I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. I was very anti all those things. I was very, uh, judgmental, uh, kind of militant, uh, pretty elitist about it. And to a, to a fault for sure. When I was in my, uh, late teens or early 20s but at this point I was definitely like heavy heavy into I, I don't fuck with any of that shit and I don't I didn't hang out with people who did that shit and I, I had friends like long term friends who would have bouts of you know they'd start doing stuff 
and I would try to overlook it, but it was, I definitely judged it. Like I said, to a fault. I don't look back on it like, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's obnoxious. And there was some positive things that I got out of it, but uh, yeah, there was definitely negatives as well. Anyway, this guy and me were talking about me not, I think he probably just asking me like get to know you questions. And it came up that I didn't do that stuff. And he was like, oh, well, when you're 21, you're going to fucking go off the rails for sure. And that's not thinking about it right now. That's not really that crazy. Like, whatever, you know, if that's your opinion, that's your opinion. But at the time I was like, man, fuck you. Like, that was my attitude. I don't think I said fuck you. But my attitude was like, fuck this guy. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Totally. And I definitely, I mean, I turned 21 and I turned 31 and I still hadn't drank any fucking alcohol and I don't drink. It's not something I do. I've ripped the bandaid off in terms of, you know, it's funny. So we've talked about you and I definitely have talked plenty about it, but the first time I smoked weed, I was in my mid thirties. It's probably like 34 or something like that. Um, I haven't been drunk since I was 15 years old. The, I have drank alcohol, but in context of, for instance, my my wife's sister, so I guess my sister-in-law, her uh, husband now, then boyfriend, was a bar manager, and we would go to his bar when I was living in Georgia, which is where they live. We would occasionally hang out with them. We'd go to his bar and get, like, you know, dinner and just hang out and, and stuff, it was, you know, be social. And he always found it, like, very bizarre that I didn't drink, very kind of interesting. A lot of people do. That's It, it tends to be a topic of conversation with adults especially. Yeah. And so he was always like, well, if I... They had, you know, these beer tasting menus, right? They'd bring out, like, a little flutes of beer, all, all these different styles or flavors. He's like, if I, if I brought one of those out, would you try the beers? I'm like, yeah, I'd try it. I mean, I don't like beer. Even when I drank when I was 15, I drank as fast as I could just to get drunk and was not enjoying the flavor of my Budweiser or whatever it was. Well, you know what happens when you grow up. You have to drink beer. That's right. <laughs> Milk is for babies. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little pumping iron Arnold Schwarzenegger for all you guys out there. But uh, yeah, so he would he would bring out like a bunch of beers for us to taste and I would taste them just basically to give him a thrill. Yeah. And they all taste like the only one I remember thinking wasn't terrible was like a apple flavored kind of thing. And I was like, this is better than the rest of these, but I'd rather just drink apple juice. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I, this just doesn't. It's like I a hate, cider probably. Probably. But I just hate the taste of alcohol and I hate the taste like specifically beer, like the hops flavor. It's just I feel like I'm eating wheat or something. Yeah. It just does not taste terrible to me. Um any hard liquor I've had occasionally like my wife when we go out to, to a place and she'd get like a like a gin and tonic or something because for a period of time her her drink of choice was like a sapphire and tonic and so at some point during our dating I was like let me try a taste of that shit you know once I got over the whole I'm not straight edge anymore I'm not going to become a off the rails alcoholic but I'm not straight edge and I try a taste of her gin and tonic I was like oh yeah that tastes like shit <laughs> at all oh. it's not delicious it's not refreshing <laughs> It's not quenching my thirst. This I love really me a fucking the, gin and tonic, dude. Do you? Yeah. The first time you tasted it, were you like, "Oh, that tastes good"? I mean, don't fucking lie. I'm trying in my. I'm, <laughs> I'm like kidding. looking around, like I'm gonna find the memory on my fucking I wall. Know. <laughs> 
Were you? Was it? Do you remember the first time you had something like that? Um. So I mean, we started with beer, and I wasn't ever like a huge fan. Like, I wasn't exactly like you at fifteen, and I like started drinking when I was like in my twenties. I know. I remember. You know. <laughs> yeah, you're I fucking there. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I wasn't there when you did it, but I remember you, you know, coming back and telling me about it. Yeah, dude, it it, it was kind of like that. It was just like you know, this doesn't taste great, but you get used to the taste. I got used to the taste, and like a gin and tonic is is to me kind of refreshing. Like I like the tonic, it's like a soda, and then the gin makes me feel good. <laughs> right. So. And that's the thing that's weird about it to me. And I I I struggle to not sound judgmental when I have conversations like this because I really don't care. It's not it's really not meaningful to me, but I do think it's like cigarettes, right? And this is the thing. This is part of like for instance, the reason why I did smoke pot in my 30s is because I got to a point where I didn't I'd always lumped pot in with all the other drugs. So like, you know, cocaine, heroin, whatever. <laughs> and obviously I knew it wasn't the same, but I did kind of put it together in, it wasn't like, okay, there's pot. And then over here on the other side, there's cocaine. It was like, here's pot and cocaine over here. And then here's not pot and not cocaine over here. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I always thought of it as like uh, in the same family and then at some point, you know, like my wife is not straight edge and we, we first started dating. I had already started to transition away from being straight edge, identifying as straight edge. Uh, we can get into that probably when we start talking about the jobs during that period of time, because I think it'll be interesting. Uh, but this will be a little preview of that. But yeah, I, uh, I had already been on my journey to not be an elitist prick and I didn't want to just go off the rails like, oh, well, I'm since I'm not straight edge anymore, I'm going to go fucking get plowed and, and do some fucking ecstasy and, you know, give somebody a back rub. Yeah. Like, I, I, it was more like, okay, I don't really, I don't hold the same philosophy I did, but I don't necessarily want to change my lifestyle at all. I don't have any desire. Like, my, my, I just said desire. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any desire to change my lifestyle or to do drugs or get drunk or whatever. Um, my parents were both, are both, were both alcoholics, and their alcoholism and their their issues with substances definitely made my childhood worse. And at the age of sixteen, I I noticed some patterns in myself that I didn't. I I guess I was just one of those people. I was like, I don't want to be like them. I don't like the way they are with regards to all that. And why would I? If I don't like the way that is, why would I go do that? So at the age of, like, right before my 16th birthday, I just made a decision. And it was partially good stuff like that. And it was also partially bad stuff like the straight edge community that I was kind of hanging out in was a bunch of tough guys with shaved heads and fucking, you know, we talked about weapons a little bit in the previous episodes. And uh, it was part of that, like, you know, got it got me around people who were, like, getting in fights and, you know, I the masculinity of it I enjoyed which is funny because it's sort of like oh I don't do drugs I don't drink but I'm basically addicted to testosterone <laughs> you know right. I like to go out in the world and fucking make people feel scared that kind of shit so it's not better it's just a different thing yeah um but yeah I 
just because I didn't really agree with the philosophies I had held didn't mean I was going to go off and start doing stuff. But then the more I thought about marijuana specifically, I was like, I don't, there's no reason for me to have this in the same category as cocaine or heroin, which I have no desire at all to do any of those drugs. I really have no desire to do any of those chemical drugs. Um, but something like marijuana or even mushrooms, uh, I don't know. It's, I, I kind of put the natural category here now, and then the unnatural categories over here. And the unnatural stuff, I'm, I really have no interest in. Yeah. Um, but the natural stuff, I'm not... I don't have that interest that people who do the shit, who, like, do it when they're 14 and, like, really get into it and it's their whole lifestyle. I don't have that interest. But I was like, you know, I should experience getting high marijuana you know at least once so that i can speak from a place of experience when i talk about my opinions on it which is why i did it and then after i did it it was like okay that was an experience i don't necessarily understand why people will like fucking buy shirts and hats and shit with weed leaves on them and get tattoos of weed leaves and i don't understand any of that really but okay you know i did it i'm how did you feel change me uh, you know, I'm going to, uh, we're going to save that story for a later time because it's a long one and it's really funny and I think it's worth telling the whole thing, but I don't want to like spend 45 minutes just on this okay. topic, but I will say that it wasn't life changing at all. And I don't really have, I don't crave that sensation ever. I've done it a couple times since, and I'll do it a couple times in the future. Probably it's just not something that it's just not something I care about, you know? Yeah. It's like it's like if you went out and got a new meal you've never had before, this new dish, and you're like, oh, that's pretty good. I might have that again, but it's kind of expensive. So maybe in the future sometime, if it if, it, if the right place, the right time. But I'm not like, oh, my God, I got to have that dish again. It's just it's not, for whatever reason, it just did not, you know, rev my, rev my engine. Gotcha. But regardless... Uh, yeah, not straight edge anymore. I don't even remember how the fuck we really got on this topic. Oh, that asshole, the fucking manager told me that I would be drinking when I was 21. Fuck um, that asshole. Fuck that ass. Yeah, and that's, I think that my initial point was like, at the time I was very like, fuck this guy. He, he's essentially telling me that my whole philosophy is, is fleeting and bullshit. And I'm like, you don't know me, motherfucker. You know, I'm, I'm hardcore. And now, and now you just made the <laughs> Lucho's people to kill list. <laughs> I know. Now I'm going to fuck you up outside work one day. No, but um, yeah, that really is the only memories I have of that job. I don't remember quitting. I'm relatively sure I did not give a two weeks notice. I'm pretty sure that I worked up until a couple days before I moved. I got my last paycheck. I think I probably timed it. So I picked up my last paycheck and then never went back. That kind of a thing. I may have even gotten a final paycheck in the mail. Yeah. You know, weeks, weeks later. Yeah. One of those like two, two days paychecks on it. Um, but yeah, that was, that was fresh fields, man. Not a lot to say about that job. Not very memorable. I remember eating sandwiches on my lunch break. They were pretty good from the the little deli area. Don't remember any other employees except for that manager. And yeah, nothing else. You have any questions about that fucking job before we hit the PP scale? You know what? I don't know if you can answer any of them if you don't remember. Probably not. Um, Let's try one. Here's one question. Um, Hit me. Were you, Aaron and Shane, really working a lot on music? What was that like? At that time, um, Shane was 
fuck, where was Shane? I think he went to college. I think he was at uh, Northern. That's DeKalb, right? Yeah, NIU. Yeah, I think he was there. We weren't playing music at all together at that point with Shane. I think he had sort of taken a step back from music, or I don't really remember why he wasn't like playing drums with us. But so, yeah, Aaron, let me just clarify really quick. So, yeah, at this moment, it's just you and your ex going to California. No, interestingly, it is my ex girlfriend, girlfriend at the time. That all gets a little crazy, you know? I say girlfriend, it makes me feel weird. But when I say ex-girlfriend, it makes it sound like she was my ex-girlfriend at that time and she wasn't. Yeah. So my girlfriend at the time and I, her cousin and her cousin's fiance. Okay. So yeah, her cousin, her cousin Dave was a little older than us. He'd already graduated college. And from what I remember she was talking to him they were really they were really close they were really good friends and you know she he was like the cousin that she really liked they got along really well he was funny he was a good dude yeah and he had always kind of wanted to give the acting thing a try and just never pulled the trigger on it for whatever reason and then when she started talking about she was going to move to california to be an actress and kind of have this journey i don't know if she talked to him and he sort of it like lit a fire in him or something or if I don't know I don't remember if there was more circumstances beyond that but the way I remember it was he decided you know fuck it I'm gonna move to California and try acting as well and his fiance at the time was game to try something different I guess so they were the three of them were gonna move before I was planning on moving they were gonna basically go together and get an apartment together and try to you know start this journey and like I said before, I was trying to start a band with Aaron. We we had a couple of songs written, him playing bass, me playing uh, guitar, us both singing. And we were looking for drummers, and we just had a bunch of kind of bad experiences. And, right, yeah. You know, I, I would say, like in everything else in my life, I probably pushed 100% for, for five minutes, and then like 75% for the rest of the time. And then... When it didn't work out, I was like, well, I gave it a shot, you know? Somebody else would be like, fuck it, I'm not going to give up on this. This is what I want. These songs are good. The, the world needs to hear them. I'm, I'm awesome enough that the world needs to hear my talent. What happens with me, and this still happens at 43. It happened when I was fucking 18, 19. It happens now. What happens with me is... I, I write some music. I'm like, oh, this is really good. I like this. It gives me that feeling. I'm feeling great, blah, blah, blah. Then as time goes on and it gets harder and people don't respond to it, and it's not even like people don't respond to it, but like I just can't find a venue to get people to hear it or to get it. You know, if I'm trying to start a band, I can't find a drummer who is competent enough to play the music, but also, uh, you know, I'm not like going into Guitar Center and put, and you know, that's not even true. We put flyers up at places like that, but the people that would call that number were like, you remember how it was when we were trying oh, to get Serge Bray off the ground? Like 47-year-old dude like who's into classic rock saying like, yeah, man, we can play some bars. No, man, that's not what we're looking for at all. Did you not even read the fucking flyer? <laughs> um, you know, you get that over and over again. So you're, you're, you like Metallica. I know that you, you like Metallica. I loved Metallica. And as a Metallica lover, I knew the lore. I knew how James met Lars. You know, it was like a fucking ad in the back of a magazine, like a, a local recycle paper, you know, like one of those kind of things. 
he put an ad out and he got her fucking response from Lars Ulrich or vice versa. I can't remember, but regardless, I never got a response from Lars Ulrich. I got a response from the fucking middle-aged dude down the street. That's like, you know, has a day job and is playing, you know, covers in this garage or whatever. I just, I never had that, like that moment of luck where the right thing happened at the right time. And so instead of, and which you know, I don't deserve that to happen, but because that didn't happen, my hundred percent got chipped away. So, so I started looking harder, like, well, I'm not that great. My music's not that good. Like, I like what I'm doing, but I'm not any better. Like when I look at a real fucking musician or a real artist, I'm like, eh. like if that guy's a fucking a plus, I'm like a C C plus at the best, you know? And I'm like, why, why am I putting so much of my my heart into this thing that I don't even know that is that good? It's such a and then, you're such oh, bullshit, it's, dude. It's, it's such a such horrible bullshit. fucking recipe. It sucks. Believe me, I'm not sitting here saying like here's why I'm completely right in my way of thinking. I'm saying <laughs> this is my damage, you know? Yeah. I'm being fucking honest. Yeah, this I is know. what's wrong with me. My there's a part of my brain that's a little bit broken and when I have those moments, those those moments of self-doubt, they become everything to me. And then I'm like, well, so for instance, I'm trying to find a drummer with Aaron. We've got a couple songs. I like these songs. They're cool. And then we can't find a drummer. The drummers we find that, that are able to play aren't going to work out because they're moving to another country to, you know, whatever. They're going to college, all the kind of shit. And I'm like, oh, this like is this shit even good enough to like spend this much effort on? Like, should I just, I'm going to miss my girlfriend. I, I should just, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to go to California. Maybe I'll, I'll start a band in California. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what my brain does. And so that's what it did. And I was like, all right, well, they're already going. So I know I can just essentially be, I can just be in the van driving with them. <laughs> and then they already had an apartment when I started. So this is kind of an interesting tidbit about, two months before they moved slash we moved to California, they went on a trip out there, like a three or four day trip together to find an apartment, put a deposit down, do the whole thing. Right. So she came back, they had already signed a lease. They were ready to go. Like before I even was planning on moving with them, they already had an apartment and everything. So in one, on one hand, I was essentially just a passenger. On the other hand, I didn't have any kind of choice as to where we ended up or you know any of that it was just like okay i'm gonna just go live wherever you guys picked (laughs) (laughs) you know um it was interesting it was an interesting situation and when we talk about the next job we'll get very detailed into that stuff because that i find pretty compelling and maybe you will too yeah but anyway yeah that was that was fresh fields market which what do we got on the pp meter dude that pp meter is a a hard three that's a hard three i'd almost rather drink someone's pee it's like right on the edge down there what if it's that my job pee? sucked would that make any difference did we get into this last time <laughs> i feel like we went down this road if we did i probably cut it out of the episode um yeah i don't your pee does not sound any more delicious to me than it's it sounds better than like a a, a hobo's pee but it still doesn't sound like a refreshing. It sounds about as good as a gin and tonic. What if, if I'm being what if I serious. add a lemon wedge? 
<laughs> just like a little spritz of lemon in there. You know, as long as you like wipe the seeds out of the lemon so they don't fall in the drink, yeah. in, in the pee. Because I, I hate when there's like seeds floating around in my pee. I'm with you, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, maybe. I'm not, listen, I'm, it's not a hard pass on that. I'm just saying. I get you. You know, you gotta, you gotta sweeten the deal a little bit with a lemon wedge. <laughs> with a lemon twist. Uh, all right, so that, so, uh, that was Fresh yeah. Fields. That's Fresh Fields. Uh, on the next episode, we're going to fuck around with a a place called Day by Day Calendars. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I sold calendars. That's the next job. Oh, so we'll talk about that on episode 11. But hopefully you enjoyed some Fresh Fields and a little straight edge talk and a little talking about pee and fucking paste picante sauce. And man, we really covered a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we did a lot with a little. Hey, thanks for stepping by. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, take it easy.